0: the breakdown. And here we go. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Chris Davis. Touchdown Auburn. and answered prayer. Caught. Michigan. Touchdown. I can't believe this. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, Campus to Campus podcast presented by the Breakdown Sports. I am your co-host turned host this week, Jesse. Um, our main guy, Kevin, couldn't be here tonight, so we're wishing him well and going to try to keep this ship afloat while he's not here. Um, but JD is here with me. How you doing, JD?
1: Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to trying to keep this ship afloat. Um, So we'll see how we do here.
0: Yeah, so basically, it's just like we always do. Do review this past week of football and dive into conference championship week already. This season's gone way too fast.
1: It has, but uh, we get the good stuff. And if it seems like it's too soon, then that's a good thing because we get the good stuff now.
0: You're right. So uh, we'll dive in. Um, I'm going to tell on myself... I did not watch a single down of couch football this weekend. I was at a wedding and that somehow was more important than football, but we would throw it off with apparently the biggest game of the weekend. The biggest storyline is LSU upsetting Florida, 37 34. Um, the one thing everybody's saying for us and surprisingly enough, I haven't seen the play yet is the cleat throw heard around the world. Um, so, this pretty much all but destroys Florida's playoff chances, even if they beat Alabama this weekend, right?
1: Yeah, no, they, they're they definitely dead. Definitely dead.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know, just... Can you walk me through this quick play, because I still haven't seen it yet. What was the whole reasoning behind this? <laughs> so I'm going to be honest.
1: I, I watched pretty much this whole game, and I... I did not see the cleat throw. I was taking care of something. I think I went to do the laundry. Um, it was a stupid play. It was near the end of the game. I don't remember the exact down and distance, but it gave LSU uh, a first down. I think it was after a third down stop. And Marco Wilson, pretty good player, uh, you know, just picks up the, chew in the shoe and hucks it down the field and obviously gets a penalty for it. Um, I thought what was funny after the game, Dan Mullen was trying to like rationalize it. He's like, well, he made a football play, and you know the the shoe fell off, and, and you know he was in the heat of the moment. I don't really think it was taunting. Like, yeah, he threw his damn shoe halfway across the field. Of course, it was taunting.
0: That is, I, honestly, I do I can understand it. Understand it. Like, say if you're an offensive player and you're trying to stop the clock, so you do that. But I just, yeah, you, that's just very bad judgment for uh Florida there, um. Next up, it's not really a uh, important game of the week, but there was history made. Um, Tennessee completely destroyed Vandy, like 42-17. to 17. But uh, in their final game of the year, Sarah Fuller actually made history and scored two points to make everything right in the world and to make everybody angry online. So that was fun to see. Yeah,
1: it was a cool moment. I um, mean, you know, if you're looking for... Crazy hot takes about it, or stupid, dumb hot takes about it. I don't think you're gonna find them here. But I thought it was nice. It's cool, and it's history. So
0: the best that I've seen for the stupid hot takes, I think it was Clay Travis that brought it up. They it was some. They took the all twenty two of the extra point, and they circled the three Tennessee players that weren't right up on the line, and they're basically saying, "Look, see, it was all publicity stunt. Tennessee's not even trying now." And then someone the next day during the Colts game took a picture of the Colts and extra point defense or whatever, and they were running the same exact thing. And Clay Travis got to be an idiot online again, so that's great.
1: Yeah, I I saw that, and I I saw somebody else show the uh, Tennessee lining up in the same formation (laughs) in their game prior. Um, I, I got really excited when I checked the box score and I saw they got a field goal. I thought she got a field goal, and that would be awesome. But uh, it's only a matter of time, I suppose, whether it be next year or two years or five years or ten years before, uh, uh, you know, somebody like her makes a field goal. So um, that was cool. I, I was about to get very excited. But it, I still got excited. History. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, I saw that it was a field goal, and I looked through the box where to see if it was her or not. But I understand that, I mean, your, your regular kicker is healthy again, so use him while you can. Yeah, if she, I doubt she plays next year, but she does. That's just gonna make everything a whole lot more fun at Vanderbilt, especially with the new coaching staff. You never know. But uh, last up, uh Arizona State completely destroyed Arizona, seventy to seven. Um, the most points scored by a team during this rivalry. Um, another more history happened this week. Uh. Jackson he he's a running back for Arizona State born and raised in China. he's the first Chinese born player to play in and score in a college football game.
1: Yeah we, we had a lot of history I uh, that's surprising. Um, so uh, you would think there would be more to come with that as well. I certainly hope uh, yeah. more Chinese born players are scoring touchdowns.
0: I don't know if like if you've seen this before this weekend but the two best parts about this is his name his american name is Jackson Hay. it's not his actual name and that's because he's a big fan of Michael Jackson <laughs> i didn't see that <laughs> and then the other part is you i saw it last week cuz they were talking about him um if you look like at everybody's jerseys all of their nameplates on the back are in regular English, and his are Chinese letters. And that is probably the coolest-looking jersey I've ever seen. Yeah, I think I might
1: need to cop me one of those if it wasn't in the ugly McDonald's red and yellow. <laughs> uh, so there's got to be another one on a team I like or a team with, uh, you know, better jerseys.
0: Just wait till they bring out the Pat Tillman jerseys they do every year for that, and you're good. AliExpress okay. has them. D. H We let those go. All right, so, uh, J.D., what do you got up for uh, this week?
1: Uh, yeah, first off, uh, I really enjoyed watching this game. I said it was the game I was looking forward to most in our preview last week. Uh, it wasn't quite as close of a game as I was hoping, but uh, the U, ladies and gentlemen, the U is not back uh, not back at all. Um, they're backpedaling and getting run over um, by Javante Williams is about all they're back for. But... um Yeah, they got demolished by North Carolina. It was really enjoyable watching North Carolina. They're a very uh, pleasing team to watch, in my opinion, if you like offense. Uh, 776 total yards. They broke the record for rushing yards by teammates in an FBS game, in a single game. Javante Williams and Michael Carter had 554 yards in the game, which is... Or, sorry, 554 as a team, and then they had 544. Um, And... I'll talk more about them in my Heisman segment. Um, And then Sam Howell, the quarterback for UNC, uh, threw for a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. And he also caught a touchdown. Uh, And after he caught that touchdown, he gave the U down signal. And it was just perfect. Uh, And I I enjoyed this game. Um, So we're probably going to have to hear about how the U is back next year. Since, oh my god, they only lost two games or three games or whatever it is. But uh, for now, I am just in enjoying that they uh got beat up a little bit
0: oh definitely me too it's it's honestly if i'm a miami fan i'm kind of happy about this loss because your one loss season didn't go in vain of having notre dame in your conference it means nothing now so it's good that you had this loss it takes all that pressure off of you
1: yeah i heard some chatter about you know if they finish with two losses or whatever it is or you know when they had one loss if they end up One loss team, and then they convinced Derek King to come back for next year. Now you got a one loss team with a star quarterback returning uh, and a lot of momentum. So, you know, it was kind of buying into that for a little bit, like probably why I thought the game was going to be closer than it was. But uh, I I don't really think that's the case. I think Derek King's probably jumping ship now.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad this is kind of the North Carolina we've all were expecting to see before the season started. So it's I'm happy to see they actually could reach this peak like we thought.
1: Um, speaking of teams reaching their peak Apparently Coastal Carolina has a peak And I think it's been reached Well they still got a few more games I don't want to say that yet But uh, they they were on the brink They were almost going to lose to Troy I wasn't watching this game uh, Didn't have it on the main TV or the small TV But I kept checking uh, And the game, it was just crazy Checking the game, game tracker it Looked like they were going to lose They drove down the field with no problem Scored the 45 seconds Left to beat Troy at 42-38. So they are undefeated still. Uh, not that the playoff committee gives a crap. But there they are. Props to the Chanticleers. Um, and then lastly, game I thoroughly enjoyed. The Florida and Florida game was going on. Kind of at the same time the USC-UCLA game was going on. Uh, and it was just nuts having both of those games in one night. Uh, Pac-12 after dark. Returns with a vengeance. Uh, USC somehow keeps pulling the rabbit out of the hat uh, they pulled out a 43 to 38 victory over UCLA this time uh, Keaton Slovis just incredibly clutch I, they showed this stat during the broadcast and they, he threw one or two more touchdowns after they showed it but uh, he has at least 13 touchdowns again probably more uh, and zero interceptions during the fourth quarter in his career which as a young quarterback I think is pretty impressive I think he is uh he is the real deal perhaps. So uh, so yeah, you got any thoughts on Coastal or USC?
0: Um I was very surprised seeing how close that Coastal score was when I was looking back through it Sunday morning because I was fully convinced they were going to win by like 30 against Troy. Okay. That...
1: I was this game was on the side so of DFS breakdowns for DraftKings and yeah. they were on the slate. And when I was looking into this game, I was amazed at the quotes I found from their coach, uh, Chadwell. He was in the post-game press conference of the BYU win, probably the biggest win in Coastal Carolina history. He was bitching and moaning about how they had to play the Troy game because Troy had the game postponed due to COVID originally. Yeah. And he kept complaining and complaining about how they're undefeated. Now they have to play another game they shouldn't have to play. And, um, I mean, maybe they should have focused on that game more because there's no no reason Troy should have been You know, having the lead with a minute
0: left in the game. Yeah, so it's basically sounded like they after they beat BYU, they just felt like they could take all the pressure off of themselves and just have an easy week, I guess. Yeah, but now it's kind of nice, but kind of weird seeing USC be good again. Um, kind of the wrong year to have them have this good of a season and this lucky of a season because. You're undefeated and have no chance of making the playoffs, sadly. But hopefully this means they're moving back on the right track. I
1: I think what it means is just now Helton's never going to get fired. And they're going to be stuck with him forever.
0: I mean, for me, that's a win-win situation. Either USC is good or they keep one of the worst coaches in college football and perpetually suck. And I'm here for both of them. Um, next up, we're going to do our Week 15 Heisman. Um, I'll start it off with uh, Jalen Darden, North Texas wide receiver. Just uh, It's a shame that he's opting out for the rest of the season to focus on the draft because he is putting up one of the greatest single seasons for a college football receiver I've ever seen. In nine games, he has 74 catches, for 1190 yards and 19 touchdowns, I believe they said that's almost the 19 touchdowns is like four off the single season record for a receiver. So he, if he didn't opt out, he was to easily destroy this record for the next couple of games. I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. It's disappointing. There's been a lot of people opting out. I guess if you don't have much to play for it and we're here like this, and who knows what's going on with the bowl games. Uh, but yeah, hats off to Jalen Darden.
0: Yeah. It's, I'm taking uh, Kevin's role of honoring the small school guys this week.
1: Uh, I, I am not honoring the small schools this week, um, but I am kind of taking a shortcut here. <laughs> I gave. A co-heisman to Javante Williams and Michael Carter, the running backs of North Carolina. As I mentioned, they set a new FBS record for s- rushing yards in a single game. Uh, and they did it against the U, who's supposed to have a pretty solid defense, although I don't know about that. Um, pretty crazy. Um, they both had five runs. Each of them had five runs of 200, or sorry, of 20-plus yards, so 10 explosive rushes between them, five each. Pretty crazy. And this is the second straight year they both went for over 1,000 yards, which I think is very impressive. So, uh, you know, you, you brought up the hype behind UNC before the season, and that's unfortunately kind of been the news surrounding this team, has just been the hype. And there was a lot of hype going into the year, but I think that's unfortunate because uh, they're a very enjoyable team. I think they've had a pretty darn good year. They lost two uh, games they should not have lost, but other than that, they've been one of my favorite teams to watch this year.
0: Yeah, it's, like we were saying earlier, it's, like I said earlier, it's a shame that Miami had such a good season with Notre Dame in the conference, but again, it's very uplifting or bittersweet, I should say, that you lose this game, so it kind of eases the pain of missing out on the conference championship, but we all know they're going to win probably five games next year after all this.
1: (laughs) It's just bound to happen. Um But, uh, speaking about the ACC and, uh, conference championship implications, uh, do you want to dive on into our conference championship previews for the week?
0: Yeah. Uh, we're just going to start, I'm start them off in a kind of alphabetical order for the power five and then dive into the two group of five conference championships that have implications on, uh, bowl games, but, uh. Start off with the ACC, Clemson-Notre Dame. Um, Surprisingly, Clemson's a 10.5 point favorite, which completely baffles me. I don't know how you feel about that, but honestly, I feel like it should either be Clemson by one or two or just Notre Dame favorite because there's no way Clemson's 11 points better than this Notre Dame team, and that's coming from me.
1: Yeah, I think what it is... Um, you know you have a lot of there were <laughs> there was a lot of money going against Notre Dame in the first match pretty much every uh, college football uh, better I follow on Twitter was going against them and making these ridiculous claims and we kind of saw how that one turned out so I guess the story is now apparently that was a fluky Notre Dame win since Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence is what people are saying which I don't know if I agree with that but I mean Trevor Lawrence makes a big difference and I don't think it's a sure thing Notre Dame is in at this point. If they lose, I I think it's pretty close to certain. I think they'd have to lose by a humongous margin for them not to get in, but for Clemson's side, they probably don't get in if they don't win, so I could see them having the motivation edge. I could see with them getting back uh, Trevor Lawrence, I could see them being favorites, but 10.5 points is uh, pretty silly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get them being favorites with Trevor Lawrence, but they're not 10-point swing favorites with him no matter how good he is. But, uh... Honestly, as of how the committee's been looking right now with how they've been putting out their uh, standings every week, I think no matter who wins this game, even if it's like a 10 or 14-point margin of victory, I think both of these teams are going to make it the playoffs. With
1: I, I don't know if you want to get me started on the playoff committee.
0: <laughs> That's... With Florida losing last week, and them being, if they win the SEC championship, maybe there's a debate for knocking Clemson out if they lose, but it's, it just seems like there's no really other competitors in that four-team tier.
1: So, I'm not sure how I feel about it, because I'm pretty sure Notre Dame would get in if they lost, because... They would have beaten Clemson and lost to Clemson, so who really cares, right? That washes out. Um, yeah. If Clemson loses, I think it's actually a pretty interesting discussion. Uh, I would lean towards the way the committee's acting, where they just kind of do whatever they want, regardless of resume. I would think they would just put Clemson in anyway, which I think would be kind of silly to put a team who's lost twice to a playoff team in. Um, I-, I think you could make a case for Texas AM. and uh, you know the committee loves them, some SEC teams, but I think they would prefer to have Clemson in there. So you you could make a case with Texas A and M over Clemson if Clemson loses.
0: I mean, all we know for sure is Cincinnati's definitely not going to be in the playoffs no matter what because they can do whatever they want and they'll drop in their rankings every week. So we don't like the committee over here at the breakdown.
1: No, Cincinnati could be Alabama forty-five zero, and they wouldn't make. It's yeah. fucking stupid.
0: Yeah. Um, next up, we're going to go to the, my favorite conference, the Big Ten um, Ohio State and Northwestern. And I'm pulling up right now Ohio State is obviously a big favorite.
1: 21 points, I think.
0: Yep. 20 and a half right, as we speak. So I don't expect Northwestern to, I, to keep it as close as at all really I'm expecting a 14 to 17 point 14 to 17 point win at least for Ohio State Justin Fields is going to get right they're going to win they're going to make the playoffs after Kevin Warden changed the rules last second yeah I'm not really looking forward to this game just because of that
1: yeah no, I know I'm in the same boat I probably won't watch uh, a second of this game I'll, I'll watch the highlights but you know when the big 12 championships on at the same time and even the Sunbelt Championship. I'll watch that over this. Uh, Northwestern has absolutely no offense, and I think to compete with Ohio State, you're going <laughs> to obviously need to score points and keep pace. So I just don't see any way in which this is interesting at all, unless Justin Fields yeah. throws four picks in the first half. <laughs> then I don't know.
0: Then I will definitely turn it on. <laughs> and, and, uh, next up, honestly, the one game this week I'm probably looking forward to the most the big twelve championship, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Um future Michigan head coach, Soupman, Matt Campbell, in my eyes is gonna lead o- Iowa State to the promised land and upset Oklahoma, even though Iowa State's kinda ranks higher. But uh I Oklahoma is five and a half point favorites in this game, which I can see. I mean they have the experience even though Rattler's a new quarterback but virtually everybody else on that team's been to the playoffs what three out of the past four years or so this is probably outside of the two group of five uh ships this is probably the closest game we're gonna have this weekend in my eyes
1: yeah i think this is a fantastic game i uh i originally looked at it and my first thought was oklahoma's probably gonna win and then i dug into it and okay they played once head-to-head Iowa State won, right? They, they have the edge. Um, you look at recent form, uh, Oklahoma's been turning it on. That's been the story, right? Rattler's been improving. And they've looked pretty good lately. They've, they've dominated some teams. But then it looked at Iowa State. They've been absolutely dominating teams too. I, I recent form, I think, is a wash. Um, and then you look at motivation edge. And, I mean, Oklahoma, sure, they're always motivated. They have a great coach, but so does Iowa State. Um, they're not playing for the playoffs, And Iowa State, I have to think they have the motivation edge. I mean, when's the last time they won the Big 12 championship? So I think this is a fantastic game. I do think Oklahoma's more talented. I do think they're uh, slightly better coached and probably slightly a better team. But when you put all those other factors uh, into it, I I don't know which way to go on this one. I I definitely am going to have this one on the main TV.
0: Yeah, it's and especially after uh, Iowa State upset Texas a couple weeks ago and the whole comments out of that locker room was you can have your five star uh, talent we'll have the five star culture that leads me to believe Iowa State's coming for blood and are ready to say hey we're going to be a to reckon with in the Big 12 no more blue bloods it's our turn to run and that's going to last until Matt Campbell leaves but this is the game of the weekend for me
1: yeah if there was ever a time for them to make a run like this, I mean, this is the year, right? They have to win this game. They have to win one more time against the team uh, that they've already played, right? So I, I I think this is a fantastic game. I think Iowa State's going to be absolutely jazzed up. Uh, if I was an Iowa State fan, I don't even know how nervous I would be. I probably wouldn't even be sleeping all week because this has got to be the biggest game uh, of their program's history.
0: Oh, I'm definitely taking off of work this entire week leading up to that game. And honestly, <laughs> looking at it, I know... They're, uh, I would say it's a two-loss team. Correct, I b- believe. Yeah, they lost to yeah. Louisiana
1: and somebody.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's gonna take a lot of like things to happen. But if, uh, they blow out Oklahoma and say Notre Dame blows out Clemson and Alabama blows out Florida and all that, I mean, there's like it's a one percent chance, but there's still a chance they could sneak into the playoffs. I mean, they're what number 6 this week after the committee came out. So who who knows?
1: I mean, if they were in the SEC, they would definitely have a fantastic chance of getting in. Oh, yeah. They're not, but I mean,
0: yeah. So uh next up the um least power 5 power school uh or conference Pac-12. We got USC and Oregon. And I don't know if it was just a glitch or if you saw it or anything, but someone pulled up the uh, Action Network earlier this week to show uh, U.S. or show Oregon, and apparently they were supposed to play Friday and Saturday this week. Wow, back to backs. Yeah, it seen. was like it was like Friday versus Colorado and Saturday versus USC or something like that. It was very eye opening because in my eyes, I don't think the NCAA would. Think any other way about that if they could.
1: <laughs> hey, if they're making money in a year like this.
0: Yeah, but um, let's see, USC is a three-point favorite this week, which normally in years past I would think that's hilarious playing Oregon, but somehow they have found the rabbit's foot, and Oregon being such a young team cannot seem to finish a game. So I'm very this is gonna be like one of the side tv games but i'm interested to see how this plays out
1: yeah I, obviously there aren't uh you know as many implications as some of these other games but uh i think it's gonna be very exciting it's, it's on a friday actually um i usually go to the pac-12 championship game i'm up in northern california they play at a uh, Levi stadium where the niners play um the last year i just was sitting there on a friday and i'm like man this work day sucks what am i gonna do after school and then I'm a teacher after school. And then I check, uh, I'm checking the games to see what's on later at night. I'm like, oh, hey, Pac 12 championship. What time's that on? Oh, where are they playing? Oh, it's only two hours away. Uh, so I've actually gone to this game a couple times. I'm uh, really, uh, really unfortunate I couldn't go to this one. I think they're going to play it at, uh, I think they're actually playing it in Southern California. So, um, yeah, I mean, I pull for Oregon. It's pretty cool they get a chance. I don't really know how I feel about it or if they deserve it, they've, (laughs) they've been pretty lackluster this year, but at the same time, uh, you know, Mario Cristobal is, you know, a huge recruiter and they've been getting some huge recruiting classes. I would think he wants to make a statement in this game, regardless of how poorly they've played, they still have a ton of talent. So, I mean, I really think anything can happen in this game. So I'm definitely going to be watching.
0: Um, to your point, yes, they're playing in the LA Coliseum Friday night. And speaking of Cristobal, I don't know if you've heard, apparently he's come out and told everybody he's uh has no plans of leaving Oregon anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I heard that. There's a lot of rumors about Cristobal. Um, and some people think he's going to be like Saban's successor. There's been rumors about the Auburn job. Um, I don't know. He seems to like it at Oregon, but at the same time, he's, uh, he's a difficult guy to read because he's very, very professional.
0: Oh, yeah. But it, is, I mean, it is nice to hear that if you're an Oregon fan. Grant and then, granted, I'm a Michigan fan, and we're having Harbaugh come out and say that he's still committed to Michigan, and they're still talking about everything. So, oh take it with a grain of salt. Oh God. <laughs> and then, uh, next up, what was going to be the biggest game of the week until Florida had to screw it up. The SEC Championship, Alabama versus Florida. And pull up our good old Action Network because you know, I think since you I'm think not a host, I should be writing this down, but I'm not. I think it's uh
1: 17 and a half Alabama.
0: It is. It is 17 and a half. So yeah. Um. Personally, I do not think Alabama's going to cover that. I me? Mean, well, let me hold off on that. I think there's a 50-50 shot they cover for that because when Florida's offense is on they are on and I don't think many people can stop them
1: yeah uh, it's kind of a lame duck championship game Um, I mean who cares Alabama's in no matter what so what's their motivation going to be who knows Um, do they have any motivation to blow out Florida no I don't really think so and Florida's good enough to uh, get the backdoor cover but I think I'll probably still have this on the television. I'm probably a small one because there's a lot of great athletes and two very good offenses. We're going to probably see some cool plays. uh, So I'll have it on, but really I don't really see any reason to be interested in this one.
0: I mean, I will say it probably is good to be on the main TV for me because there's only one other game on at the eight o'clock time slot for that, but it's, the only thing I'm looking forward to for this game is if Jalen Waddle actually comes back because there's rumblings in courtesy of Devontae Smith posting stuff on Instagram throughout the week that Jalen Waddle might be back for this game. And if not this game, then definitely the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that, man. I thought he was going to be out for a while. So I, it's like it gives me maybe I'm just still shook from when Kevin Durant tried to come back. Um, and it just was not the right decision. So I don't know. I, I hope he's healthy.
0: I have a feeling it's going to be probably like two, or like less than five snaps for this week, and it's mostly a decoy type thing. But I am very excited to see what happens if he actually suits up in place.
1: Yeah, I my my first inkling as well is that it's probably a decoy thing, and uh, even if he, I, I would be highly surprised if he does play. I think it's just kind of. They're kind of messing with the coaches to force them to game plan for him, and uh, so I'd, I'd I'd be highly surprised if he plays.
0: All right, into uh the two group uh, big name group of five uh conference championship conference championships this week we got the fun belt Louisiana versus Coastal Carolina um. Coast, I thought I had that written down. Um, Coastal, I believe is favored by their three and a half point favorites and i'm sure after hearing how close the game was last week i was all in on coastal but i'm not sure because louisiana is not somebody to mess with because they've been this is their what second year of being in this conference championship if i'm not wrong yeah yeah so i'm still gonna bet on coastal because i'm riding the surf turf as long as i can so That's all I really have for coverage.
1: (laughs) I think this is a great game. Uh, I I really do. I I know they already played once. I think Coastal won by three. Um, But like you said, Louisiana's been there before, and they didn't win. Uh, They lost to App State. So they've been on a a mission this year, an absolute mission. You saw they started their year uh, by beating Iowa State. The only game they've lost has been to Coastal, and it was an extremely close game. I, I was all over Louisiana going into the year. I knew they were on a mission. I knew they had a great coach, Billy Napier, who's probably gonna get a big time job after this year. Uh, they recruit better than any other team in the conference. Um, so I was all over them, but honestly, Coastal's been the better team this year, but I am worried. You mentioned they didn't play great last week. They, they kind of win games ugly. I mean, they beat Louisiana, it was an ugly game. They beat BYU, uh, it was a pretty ugly game. They beat Troy, they scored with 45 seconds left. Um, are they the team of destiny? I mean, it's college football. <laughs> maybe, maybe they are. You only have to win so many games. Maybe you can be the team of destiny, but it's it's gonna. I just feel like it has to fall short at some point. At the same time, I think they've been better than Louisiana, and they already beat them once. So I, I don't see how I can pick against them here.
0: Yeah, definitely, and it's it's also for Louis for for this. It's very hard, especially in college football, to beat a team twice in the same season and I believe Coastal can do it, but I think this is going to be one of the better games to watch, and it's very upsetting that it's going to be kicking off the same time as Clemson-Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm definitely going to be all eyes on Clemson-Notre Dame, but I'm going to have this one there. Uh, You bring up the rematch. That's an interesting thing. Um, I've kind of looked into this before for how rematches have gone. Uh, I know in the UFC... Like if you've already beaten the guy once and you face him again, they win like seventy-seven percent of the time. The guy who won the first time, so not much changes there. I know in the NFL, if you go two and zero against a team and you play them in the playoffs, so it doesn't happen super often. The two and zero team wins, you know, just about every time. In college football, I don't have the stats. Um, I wish I did, but I really don't think it would be the same. Uh, I think the seasons are so quick. I think there's such a small sample size and so much changes. These kids are so young. Um, I, I I actually think you know I, I don't just automatically assume the favorites gonna gonna win. I don't automatically assume the team who won the first time is gonna win again, as we see with Clemson being ten point favorites over Notre
0: Dame. Yeah, and last off for our uh, conference championship stuff, uh good old American Conference, Tulsa versus Cincinnati. Um, no, kind of. Hard to portray this game because honestly, looking into this, I had no clue Tulsa was actually this good. They just they flew under the radar all year for me. But uh, Cincinnati's uh, fourteen point favorites for this game.
1: Yeah, this is uh like we were mentioning. If it's a year for this to happen, like Iowa State, um, like Coastal. If there's a year for it to happen, it's it's with it's with Tulsa. Um, they. I thought they were going to stink going in this year. I, I really thought they were going to be bad. They, I think they have like the lowest um, enrollment of any D1 football program by quite a wide margin. I know they have huge deficit problems in their budget. Uh, there was talk their football program was going to get cut, like what happened to UABs a few years ago. Now they're back. Um, so that was my opinion of Tulsa going into the year. And now here they are against Cincinnati, and they're basically – they're like a Walmart version of Cincinnati. I guess that's a harsh way of putting it, but they're they're just a lesser version of Cincinnati. They play good defense. Uh, they're okay offensively. Um, so I don't know. I, I think they could keep this one close. Uh, it, it would be a shocker if they beat Cincinnati, but at the same point, uh, I don't know. I I think Cincinnati's well-coached and everything, but I do also question their motivation. If it doesn't matter how many games they win and it doesn't matter how they win them, the playoff committee doesn't really care. So... I think this is, I'm actually going to have it on my big TV. Maybe I'm crazy. (laughs) I will have this one on the big TV over Alabama, Florida. Um, Just because I, weirdly, I think there's more at stake, which might sound crazy. But, you know, if you have (laughs) the the state of Tulsa's football program at stake, which it's not going to hinge on one game, obviously, but I think it's a great storyline. And then you have Luke Fickle and Cincinnati going undefeated. Um, I don't know. I'm actually weirdly very intrigued for this game.
0: All right, so you brought up a lot at stake, and it made me think of a uh, fun little question. So, Coastal and Cincinnati are both undefeated. Louisiana is a one-loss team. If Louisiana beats Coastal and Tulsa beats Cincinnati, who is going to get that New Year six bid? Because they will all be one-loss teams.
1: Um, that's a mess. I would guess they would just kind of... Well, Louisiana is obviously over Coastal, right? Um, yeah. I think it would be Tulsa. Let's see. Who would Tulsa lose to? Let me look that up. I would think it would be Tulsa. I think they would just say, hey, these guys are one and one against each other. The American Conference is supposed to be the best conference in the Power Five. Let's just give it to Tulsa. So I would think that.
0: But... Wouldn't you give it to Louisiana because they already have that power five win against Iowa State?
1: um you bring up a good point yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> they do like those wins right they, they say they care care more about wins than losses apparently
0: yeah it's I'm just looking through the schedule and that caught my eye I'm like wait if this specific thing happens, we have four one loss group of five teams for one spot. The dude.
1: these teams are good dude i'm looking at <laughs> i'm looking at tulsa's record they started the year with that oklahoma state game that they it looked like they were going to win for a while they beat ucf is a good football team they beat smu is a good football team uh navy wasn't even close and if they beat cincinnati i mean that's a pretty strong resume but you could say i mean louisiana i think is actually probably stronger with that win over iowa state um I don't know. Like, What they'd probably do is they'd just cop out and make them play each other. They'd do something stupid like that. Not even in a New Honestly, I don't even know what they would do. It, it, they'd find a way to make it the worst decision possible.
0: You know what they should do if that happens? Four-team playoff.
1: Well, they should do that every single year. Every well, single yes.
0: year. Yes. But this would be the perfect time to do it. You have 4 one long-loss teams for one spot. Why not make that spot just a championship?
1: Because they're idiots and they hate fun? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, granted, we just tried to be the playoff committee right then, and we had no clue what to do. So,
1: <laughs> Hey, they're making hard decisions. I'm going to be honest. They have hard decisions to make. So I would cut them some slack, but uh, we don't get – paid the amount of money that they do to come up with these decisions and we don't have the responsibility they do. So, you know, great power comes great responsibility there.
0: You're right. So, uh, get on off of uh conference championship stuff and let's talk about betting because that's really what everybody's here for is trying to make a couple bucks. Um, we all, us as a trio had actually a pretty bad week last week. I went, uh, Oh for two, Kevin went 0 for 1, and I believe you went 1, 1 2. for 2. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, hopefully we can bounce back. But as of right now for the season, Kevin's uh 16-14 and 2. I'm 19 and 13, and JD, you're back right at even at 15 and 15.
1: Yeah, let's uh let's get back back in the green for me. I'm even. Yeah. You're in the green. Kevin's in the green i need to get back in the green i need to join you guys
0: yeah yeah you you can't let kevin beat you he's gonna brag about it all offseason season if that happens
1: yeah this is a very big week for me i I don't even know what we're doing going forward with bulls um we'll see um but there's a chance this is our last podcast for a little while so there's no way I'm trying to lose with it i'm trying to end with a losing record and there's no way I'm trying to you know end with a record below kevin's
0: so uh my first bet of the week, and you know you knew I was going to take this bet because it's Superman taking Iowa State plus five and a half. I believe they actually went outright over Oklahoma this week. They just have that edge, that motivation to make a statement and say, "Hey, we're here." You, like they did against Texas, it's five-star culture versus five-star talent, and they're just they're in it. Um, next, I'm going. Oregon plus three because even though USC seems to be the luckiest team under the stars and Oregon can't finish it. It just feels like it's a, it's a patch 12 after dark game, something wild is going to happen. If they don't win, they're going to have a weird backdoor cover, like a random safety, like in the Monday night game last night. Who knows? It's I've learned to not really bet against Oregon after the past couple years. Then last, another one that Notre Dame 10.5 it's just it's wild to me that Clemson's that favored and how having Trevor Lawrence first the number one quarterback in his class two years later as his backup is a 10 point swing or probably a 7 point swing more like it but I feel like this is going to be a very close game similar to their last meeting but probably not over time I think one team's going to find a way to march down and win with that field goal. But, yeah, taking Notre Dame plus 10.5. Uh,
1: I am also taking Notre Dame plus 10.5. I know I could be accused of being a homer here, but I just don't see any way I could not take a team that has as good of a defense as they have, um, that's been as consistent of a team, uh, and that's already beat the team they're playing. Uh, I just can't do it. You know, if it was a closer line, I think about it because Clemson, I think probably wins this game, but um, I don't, you know, I don't think it's like a ninety-five percent Clemson win or anything like that. So I'll, I'll take the points. Um, USC Oregon, I am also betting this game, but I'm going to go ahead and take the over. Uh, Oregon's defense, not sure what's happened to them this year, but it just hasn't been there. I think they only have seven sacks all year, which is surprising to me. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they brought some pressure to Slovis. I, I watched their game against UCLA, and the offensive line looks very beatable. So wouldn't be surprised if Thibodeau uh, gets you know a strip sack or something here. But over 62.5, I think that's way too low. USC is going to score points somehow, some way. And USC has bad defense, and Oregon has athletes. So there you go. That gets you 30 points on either side. Uh, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm taking UCLA minus 7. Uh, I'm taking them to cover a touchdown. Uh, Over Stanford, why am I doing that? Well, I think Stanford has a bad football team nowadays, and I think most people don't realize that because they they still associate them with the Harbaugh days and the early uh, David Shaw days But because nobody pays attention to uh, West Coast football, but uh, Stanford is not very good. And UCLA has actually been a pretty darn good football team this year. I don't know where it came from. I don't understand it, but they've been good. They just barely lost to USC in a game that they looked like they had wrapped up. They barely lost to Oregon. Um, they're good. And Stanford's bad, so sure, they could win by a touchdown.
0: So I'm glad you bet a non-conference championship game this week because it made me think about bringing this up. Do you like, or would you do this going forward, that having a cross-conference game for everybody during conference championship weekend?
1: Um, I... I I feel like the first question that raises to me is that usually happens in bowl season. So I, I could see like you have a lot of players sitting out and if it's not really for a conference record, I could just see the kind of motivation going down and, you know, coaches leaving early um, and maybe players leaving even earlier. So I, I am a little bit hesitant. I think in a vacuum, I think that's a great idea, but I'm not sure how it would play out. You know, I'm a I'm, I'm a Notre Dame fan, and a lot of times they play USC on the last uh, last week of the year, and I think it's fantastic. I think more teams should do it, but not every team is USC and Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, I, I somewhat agree. I mean, having your divisions or your conference play across divisions for that last week, what – everybody's playing so you have a full slate instead of like six to eight games is fun to watch but at least in the big tens from what i've seen they uh don't really go with the scheduling like you think they would because you would think if you're doing a conference championship you would just do whoever's in that same ranking in that division play against each other no they had a uh, 5th or 6th place Michigan up against 2nd place Iowa supposedly this week until that game got cancelled today and then like Indiana versus Illinois who's the like one of the worst teams on the other side of the conference I don't know it just seems like it would be a fun idea but someone's always going to try to mess it up
1: I mean what they have going right now is obviously awkward and you know I, I've complained a little bit just how kind of anticlimactic they find a way to make college football, which I think is just a crime because, uh, college football is the most exciting sport in my opinion. I love it. I think I'll, I'll find it exciting no matter what, but they really try their hardest to make it anticlimactic in any way possible. So we, we maybe we could brainstorm, uh, different alternatives. And I think pretty much any alternative would be better than what we have. Um, so I'm always on board to listen to new ideas.
0: Yeah. But, uh, Speaking of uh, new ideas, let's move on to our Hungry Dogs of the Week. As always, it's a seven or greater point underdog to win outright. Um, Mine, I'm on a two-game winning streak with this, which I'm very surprised with. And it's always been the Big Ten that helps me. Um, Almost took Rutgers this week to keep the Big Ten streak alive because I think they could easily beat Nebraska. But... I'm going with Notre Dame plus 10 and a half, like we said money lines plus 290 it I, it I I'm rooting for Clemson I can easily see Clemson winning but I just feel like Notre Dame they beat them before they know how to win against Clemson they're not fighting for a playoff spot but they're kind of fighting for a playoff spot because if they lose this game everybody's going to think oh Notre Dame just could be another one and done. Go back to not being a conference so you can be irrelevant. Blah blah blah. I think they come out and do all. They're just gonna come out and try to win, so, which is kind of stupid to say, but that's how it is. They have statements to put to make even though they're undefeated.
1: Uh, I certainly hope you're right. Um, if we're trying to forecast the future, uh, Notre Dame's ten and a half point underdogs, which we both agree is kind of silly. But, okay, so they're supposed to, quote-unquote, supposed to lose this game, which means they'll probably get the four seed in the playoffs, which means and they'll get probably Alabama. be matched up with Alabama. And, I mean, I think Alabama's going to roll both teams they play. You know, maybe not roll, but I, I actually do think they're going to roll both teams they play by, a, you know, two touchdowns. So if we lose to Clemson and then we just get blown out to Alabama, which, hey, anything's possible. I think this Notre Dame team's really good. They have a chance, but... The way I kind of see it going, I, I think would be such a shitty end to what has been such a great year where they had such a big win over Clemson originally. So I certainly hope you are right.
0: Yeah. It's basically it's, do you want to play Alabama or do you want to play Ohio State? That's their mindset right now.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great mindset. And I think Kelly will have a motivated, you know, I absolutely do. Knowing this program, I really think he will. Is that going to be enough? I don't know. I mean, Clemson's obviously a fantastic team, it's like everything they have without Trevor Lawrence, but uh no I, I agree I think it's I think it's going to be a great game again. Um my hungry dog. Uh we both had winners by the way. Did you mention that at the top? We both had a hungry dog winner last week.
0: Oh, I said um on a back-to-back bender, but yes, you've also won the last week.
1: There we go. Yeah, we we we've been killing these hungry dogs. This might be our best yeah. segment. Uh not to pump ourselves up too much, but uh yeah, Rutgers, thank you for coming through for me. Overtime win. Um Shout out to Maryland for being favored by 7.5 for absolutely no fucking reason. Um, Anyway, Tulsa, plus 14, plus 425. Let's just get crazy with it. Uh, It's a crazy year. It's 2020. We have all these weird teams and conference championship games. There's nobody's giving a chance. Um, I don't know. They've they've been good. I just spouted off their resume earlier, and it's uh, very impressive. And they've beaten some good teams. And they've basically done what Cincinnati has done, just not as impressively. So, I definitely think with two good defensive teams, this one could easily be within a touchdown. It wouldn't surprise me, and it's college football. Anything could happen if you're within a touchdown, especially if Desmond Ritter's on the other side. Uh, Desmond Ritter loves to uh, do some crazy things and turn the ball over when you're at least expecting it, and he's had a very good year, so people are not expecting it. Uh, I, w- I would not be surprised if uh, you know we get something crazy like a pick six from Zayvon Collins, uh, and Twitter loses its mind, so I'm I'm praying for chaos.
0: Always root for chaos. That's my favorite thing to do, especially with college football. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, before we get to our, uh, you have a college football run, uh, fantasy run down this right, right? I do. I have a short one. All right. So before we get into that, we're gonna shout out our good friends at uh, ExpandTheBoxScore.com. Um, ExpandTheBoxScore.com was created to fill a major void in college football. ExpandTheBoxScore sits through every sorts through every game to gather and sort every statistic you could possibly want, from targets to down and distance metrics, team play calling tendencies, fully customizable and sortable leaderboards, detailed individual player profiles, and so much more. For fifteen dollars a year, you get full access with our code, the the breakdown. That's the word the, and then all capitals, B R K D W N. You get 10% off sign up today. Um, just do it because everybody likes to have that weird stat to pull out at the bar whenever we're allowed back at the bar. So yeah, show off to your friends. It's worth the $15. It's worth the 10% off. Just do it. Try to be cool. Try to pick up some new friends by saying you, this random stat, like, Oh, uh, Iowa State is this in the country on third and seven, and watch out because they'll pull out this weird crosser, slant route, whatever. I don't know. I'm I'm literally talking on my ass right now, trying to sell you this. Just do it, please. So, uh, let's talk fantasy football.
1: Yeah, uh, with the expand the box score, so I, I think it's a great tool. You uh, you if anybody plays NFL DFS or pretty much any other sport, but in NFL. You get you know, hundreds of DFS breakdowns on YouTube. You get hundreds of podcasts. Uh, everybody knows the target data. It's pretty much everybody knows any, everything, right? Well, the reason I've won money for, I've been playing for three years, and I've, I've won money every year in DFS is that people just don't know what's going on in college football. People don't play, pay as close attention. They don't think it's as good of a sport. I disagree, obviously. Uh, and if you use ExpandTheBoxScore.com, you get target data that a lot of people aren't even seeing. Uh, so it gives you a huge leg up. There's pretty much me and like one other dude on YouTube making DFS breakdowns, uh, so it basically makes you have a huge leg up, and I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, but uh, with that being said, uh, recap of last week: we had uh, Jordan Travis and Ja'Shawn Corbin for Florida State. They both went uh, went crazy against Duke, so they were great in this segment last week. Uh, however, the running back Beal Smith on. Wake Forest did not pull through. So let's try to have more people pull through here. Um, They don't have pricing for the Saturday slate up on DraftKings. So I'm gonna give you a few plays on Friday. Uh, This is gonna be different. Usually I give you guys my favorite value plays, but when I'm looking at the Friday slate, I think there's a pretty clear way to attack it, at least how I'm going to attack it. Um, How I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna pay up for both Keaton Slovis and uh, Shuck, Oregon's quarterback. They're the two most expensive quarterbacks, but they're by far the best two, especially after the Purdue game was canceled. Uh, The Purdue quarterback was my other favorite, so why not pay up? I think that game's going over the total, like I said. Um, I'm going to pay up for Jarrett Patterson at running back because he almost had 100 DraftKings points in one of his games, and he he's pretty much as safe bet as you can get. So I got three safe bets. I'm paying up for that. Um, You might be wondering how am I going to fit all these guys in my lineup? Well, because there's a ton of value. Just don't Don't pay up at wide receiver. Don't pay up at your second running back. At your second running back, you can get a guy like Stevie Scott. Oh, shoot, that game got canceled for Indiana. That's okay. I have a backup. Stevie Scott's canceled. Cancel (laughs) culture got Stevie Scott. Um,
0: 2020 strikes again.
1: 2020 strikes. But um, good thing I happen to know, the Ball State running backs. Caleb Huntley opted out. Their star running back has been going absolutely crazy this year. Uh, they they have two guys who are who are splitting carries. One's 4.4k, the one is 4 4,000. I don't have their names off the top of my head, but you could find them. They're splitting workload. I think either one's fine. Uh, that's going to help you save salary. Help you get those three studs. And then if you need more salary relief at wide receiver, uh, Xavier Gaines is a tight end for Marshall, and you know he's been good for you know at, at a minimum about seven points a game. And when he catches a touchdown, which hey, he's one of the better. Tight ends in college fantasy football, uh, you know, he he can get you in that 15 point range and nobody would be surprised. Maybe even somewhere around 18, which at 3.7K is just ridiculous. You only need about five for him to be happy with those other guys. So that's the way I'm attacking the Friday slate. Um, And I think it's a pretty good start to your lineups. There's a bunch of other cheap wide receivers. Um, I kind of like the ones on Indiana, but that game's canceled. So I'm going to take another look, but that's where I am going to be starting my lineups. This week, Jesse, and I'm looking forward to making some money.
0: Always look forward to making some money. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you guys next week and hopefully the week after, and hopefully up until after bowl season ends if we have a full-on bowl season. But uh, before that, make sure you follow all of us on our social medias, uh, mostly the Breakdown Sports at breakdown underscore sports i'm uncle jesse with three underscores uh follow our uh, grandpa host kevin at k Hokum, who's uh out right now and follow uh, jd why don't you shout out your twitter because it's losing i'm losing it in my mind right now
1: <laughs> it's a weird one it's yonkers cfb at yonkers cfb that's yonkers with an s
0: and uh hopefully uh tommy can pick a good part of a song to end us out this week um We love you, Kevin. We're with you. And uh, good blue.
1: Deuces.